Welcome to the Aging Hipster Movie Show. I am Bob Serrano. Hipsters really does a movie come that combines complete insanity with football fighting, orgasmic rings with Hawkman, three people led by Timothy Dalton with Hot Hail. Episode, this episode may last seven hours because 10 minutes into the movie, I had about an hour's worth of stuff I wanted to talk about. So let's get into this. This week, we watched 1980s epic sci-fi camp classic, Flash Gordon. Let's meet the fellow saviors of the universe. Coming in hot, hot as in hot hail, it's DJ Webmaster Toby Crines. How are you doing today, Toby? I, I have water coming out of my eyes. <laughs> Toby, did you, have you seen this movie before? Uh, I think I did see it uh, decades ago, and uh, here we are. <laughs> yeah, here we are again, <laughs> decades later. And then next, coasting uh, in on the rocket ski, or whatever they called it, um, it's Tim Holly from Tim Monsters and Tape Freaks. So, Tim, uh, I know that you've seen this movie probably a hundred times before. Yes. How did uh, Dino De Laurentiis convince Queen to make the soundtrack? I it was I think it was more Queen was excited to do it. It's 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 a weird story, but I don't really know how the actual deal got signed unless you found that detail out. But there's, no. there is a story behind it. <laughs> yeah, and it's not like it's like Queen. Like a couple of years later in like '82, like Queen's like kind of down, down on their luck, you know. At least that's what I learned from watching Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie. <laughs> uh, but but this is like right after uh, what 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 um, the game the game uh, well yeah. the game came out in 1980 and that had yeah. uh, three hits on it, it had uh, another one bites the dust the game play the game and then uh, a crazy little thing called love uh, which was number six that year on the Billboard. Yeah, the the game was in like was finished and they put putting the, their greatest hits record on hold so that they could do Flash Gordon. Uh, just crazy so excited about it yeah wow <laughs> and, I mean, uh go yeah, ahead Tim. i'd say dino de laurentis wanted uh pink floyd but yeah so like i mean it's it's a wild story this whole thing has a wild production but yeah <laughs> well joining us on this wild ride is a very special guest comedian gabby montemayor welcome gabby hi so Great to be tell, here, guys. Well, thank you for coming on. Have you seen this movie movie before? Seen it as recently as today. So, <laughs> my takes are piping hot and hella fresh. <laughs> and then, um, Gabby, I know that. Um, is there any sort of thing that you'd like to plug? Website. Goodness, you know, uh, follow me on Instagram and Twitter, Gab Monty. Uh, I am working on some stuff, but nothing like to talk about yet so just follow me i'm pretty funny um so follow me on stuff i guess if you like yeah, it. i think i i think i saw you hosting like an isolation comedy webcast and that's where i kind of came in yeah so i've been doing on. those i host those every once in a while i've been doing some other online shows 
you know, when it's not COVID, I'm out and about and I would definitely have four shows to plug if uh, there was not a pandemic, but such is life. So, well, now you have a podcast to plug as well. Now I have this. I've been watching Flash Gordon, uh, taking notes on a legal pad because I got nothing better to do. Yeah, guys, I'm telling you, when I said I have hot takes, they're written down and everything. Wow. I wrote them down. Oh my God. You know, guys, when I started watching this, I got to be honest, like about five minutes into it, I had to pause it because I had to like, I, I had, I had the vapors coming down. Like I just like, I was like overheating because I had <laughs> much I want to talk about. And then like, and then I went another t- uh, five minutes and I had to pause it again because they, they just like left uh, Zarkov's like scientific greenhouse. And I was like, I can't even process this. And I realized my entire podcasting thing was done wrong because it should be all about flat. Oh. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like 20 episodes, like five minutes at a time. Cause there's so much, I think I blacked out the last part of it because I just couldn't even handle like what was going on. It is so dense. Yeah. The first 10 minutes are very dense. I had like half a page of notes in the first 10 minutes. And like, honestly, even going through y'all's outline, like, I don't know when we get to the production part, but I have questions about the budgeting of this production. <laughs> I think everybody has <laughs> questions about the production budget. I have a lot of questions. <laughs> a, who funded it? B, why? Oh, they boy. barely I got, broke even. So yeah. wait, they barely broke even, but the same guy did production, set, and costumes. One guy did all three of those things, yet they barely broke even at the box office. How much money did this guy take from all of them? I've got answer some answers, not all of them, but there's a lot of there's 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 some explanation to this production, but it's it's there's been many books written on it. It's pretty wild. Books. I think they probably spent more time on the books than uh, they spent on production. The the the, the director is quoted as saying that the this is the uh, twenty seven million improvised uh, feature film. Ah. <laughs> That makes a lot more sense. If I look at it like I look at an improv show, then it's instantly better. (laughs) (laughs) The bar for an improv show is a lot lower. Yeah, I got, I got some, I got some information to spill out here in a minute. But yeah. yeah. All right. Before we get that, let's get, let's get hyped. I got, I got uh, let you guys know. For the last week, I've been playing this in my my 2018 Chrysler Pacifica with my kids. Even my like year old, she's like, "What is with this song?" To it. Just listen to it. It's like I just want to wake up every day to this. Go ahead, Toby. Can you play it again? Yep, a little bit of Freddie Mercury for you. All right, Tim. What did we watch this week? We watched Flash Gordon. Uh, so it's the the IMDb like one line description is a football player and his friends travel to the planet Mongo and find themselves fighting the tyranny of Ming the Merciless to save the Earth. Uh, is directed by Mike Hodges, uh, the director of the original Get Carter, and did ma- mainly British crime films. Uh, but he wasn't the first director attached to this. It was he's actually one of eight that were in, in a series of different directors that were hired and fired and for different reasons. Um, two kind of more notable ones. Uh, but it was written by Lorenzo Semple Jr., who is most noted as being the head writer of the 60s Batman television series. So I think some of that camp comes through pretty clearly. Uh, and Michael Allen helped him to uh, f- adapt it from the, the original comic book. Uh, the comic book was written by Alex Richmond or Raymond, 
who who created the original comic strip in the 30s, which eventually became a serial. Uh, he is a quick little note is that he is the great uncle of Matt and Kevin Dillon, which is pretty wild. Uh, so then, yeah, it stars Sam Jones, uh, Melody Anderson, Max von Sydow, and a list that could go on and on of just recognizable British character actors. Uh, it was released December 5th, 1980. Uh, it claims the budget is $20 million. I've heard upwards of 27 to 30 million, um, but it's kind of it's it's sort of to be determined still to this day and argued over what how much they actually spent on this. Uh, they claim the gross uh, U.S. gross was 20 just over 27 million, meaning that it just basically broke even. Uh, the cumulative worldwide gross in this list is the same, but I know that it did make a little bit more money in Europe, uh, but later on became a cult classic and made a ton of money on home video. Uh, domestic box office for 1980. The, the the list of movies would run down quick. It would be starting at number one: Empire Strikes Back, Nine to Five, Stir Crazy, Kramer versus Kramer, Any Which Way You Can, Private Benjamin. Uh, you get get into Smoking the Bandit Two, Blues Brothers, Ordinary People, Popeye, The Shining, Cheech che and Chong's next movie, Caddyshack, Friday the Thirteenth, Brubaker, The Jazz Singer, and then in eighteen came Flash Gordon. Uh, so. To get into some, I mean, there, like I said, there's a lot that's been written on this movie, and there's a lot of varying stories behind the scenes on who blames who, and a lot of finger pointing. Uh, but you have kind of at the core of it, like I said, uh, the, the director Mike Hodges, um, he was brought on after uh, Federico Fellino. Uh, Federico Fellini was originally working on the production for a long time, uh, and then finally left, and then they brought in. Um, uh crap i forgot for, oh nicholas rogue uh, nicholas rogue was adapting it for a really long time uh nicholas rogue is mostly known for like the man who fell to earth and some really like kind of art art house films and he was trying to make it more adult and uh, more erotic the eroticism actually came from the comic strips is what they're claiming uh but dino de Laurentiis, the producer was very unhappy with him and fired him uh and hired his friend mike hodges uh and in a quote from mike hodges he said he tried to convince Dino De Laurentiis to not hire him. He said he was the wrong director and said that he knew nothing about uh, special effects, the comic books, or anything like that. And uh, somehow ended up, ended up working on it anyway, uh, which is just insane. And then the other fun quote I found from him is that he said, So I had a producer who spoke mangled English and a production designer who spoke none at all. Both, like Ming, seem to have arrived from another galaxy, he recalls. Once I realized that the film in many ways was out of control, I just had to relax and make it up as I went, and I ended up loving it. <laughs> um, so some people say that Dino De Laurentiis wanted it more funny. Some say that he didn't understand the humor and wanted it deadly serious. Uh, so you have like all kinds of varying quotes from people in the, the, in the stories about the production of this movie. Uh, but the, the one of my favorite things was that the the, uh, the screenwriter had said that he had wished that he had gotten some feedback from De Laurentiis, that he basically turned in the script and he just never heard of anything else from it. Uh, and that but he but Dino, Dino De Laurentiis couldn't read English and the writer was, was American. So he had a, a, basically a secretary uh, translating it, but she didn't speak very good English either. And he claims that she, he witnessed her on multiple occasions, call a cat, a dog, uh, and a, a number of other things. Uh, and said that when he complained to Dino that they, that it wasn't being translated correctly, he said he didn't want to hear 
or didn't didn't care about the language, didn't care about the words. He just wanted the story. Uh, <laughs> and then uh, so, was that so who made who made it really horny then? Like, well, I think it's the writer because the writer did all the '60s Batman stuff. So I think that he had he he applied that level of camp to it. Um, yeah. But then the other the other thing is D- Danilo Donato. Uh, I'm broaching his name, but he is the production designer who did the costumes and all that. He was brought on because he was working on the Fellini version way earlier, and he had kind of gone run wild. And the screenwriter and the director said that all the sets he built didn't match the scripts. And he was just building sets and building props that he was that he wanted to see. With they're no, fantastic, by the way. Oh, they're great. They're, it's, I mean, that's what <laughs> oh, makes the and movie. the costumes were amazing, also. Yeah. So yeah. like avant-garde, beautiful. There were a couple places I saw like aluminum foil, but other than that, it was gorgeous. Yeah, the, the, the eighties, like early. 80s. It, it, it is just like the that is what I mean. That and the music are just like really what makes this like so amazing, but. He, uh, the director had said that Danello was just basically making the sets for his own enjoyment without the consideration of the production. And so much so that they couldn't, they would build tree, he built trees so big that they couldn't even get the camera equipment in to film anything in it. So they had to like break it apart so they could get the camera equipment in there. Um, it's, it, yeah, they shot it for 17 weeks before they wrapped around Christmas in 1979 and then went, went, went back to shoot for another 14 weeks. I mean, that's a oh. crazy long production. Um, there's, I mean, there's a lot of like infighting and things like that that are pretty wild. But basically, I mean, the conceit is that, like Flash Gordon was the, I mean, that as a core was this comic strip and this like serial that influenced a whole generation of people and was so huge. Like, I mean, it Flash Gordon influenced Superman and all the every superhero that we know. So everybody wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, but Fellini was attached to it for so long that nobody could get their hands on it. And so the I mean the most famous story is George Lucas wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie and then because he couldn't get the rights he made Star Wars and then because Star Wars was such a huge hit then they actually got a production off the ground to make this movie which they wanted it to be Star Wars but then it's clearly not, <laughs> not, <laughs> not even close to it. So it's like, it's just weird that like, that's what that's kind of the weird jumbling and like the behind the scenes of kind of some of the chaos. I mean, there's, there's also like, I mean, like I said, there's like tons of recognizable faces in this. Uh, a couple fun ones are like the um, princess Ara's pet, the little uh, like little person on kind of a leash that she has. That's Deep Roy. Um, he was like the Oompa Loompas in Tim Burton's uh, Willy Wonka, and he's like uh, like one of the main characters in the new Star Treks, and he's teeny weeny and never ending story. I mean, he's like kind of one of those another little person character actors who's in so many things that you've probably seen. Uh, and then even Kenny Baker, uh, who is R two D two, he has a little small cameo, um, as well as a number of other people from Star Wars. Um, but then, and then Richard O'Brien, who is Riff Raff in uh, Rocky Horror and the creator of Rocky Horror, he's uh, hanging out with Timothy Dalton in that tree fortress. He's the bald guy who ends up doing the the tree stump kind of stuff. I mean, you have like an entire entire cat. I mean, not, not even talking about Max von Sydow and, like I said, Timothy Dalton. There's like just all these amazing actors who pop into this this production. So, I mean, that, they're all like assholes to each other too. Like that. Oh Richard. God, yeah. yeah. Yeah, there's there's a lot of like weird fighting going on, and then the the other last thing I was going to mention is that um, Dino De Laurentiis, like they they didn't know who to get for Flash Gordon. They approached Kurt Russell at one point. Kurt Russell turned it down because he said it was boring uh, or un, uninteresting, uh, which is kind of insane that, that this production could be considered boring. Um, but uh, they also wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger at one point, uh, and he had turned it down as well. Or supposedly there was some sort of 
disagreement of, over his accent and that. Uh, and supposedly they found Sam Jones by Dino De Laurentiis' mother-in-law was watching Hollywood Squares and really liked his look. Uh, other people say it was the dating show or the dating game. Yeah. Uh, but it was it was for sure like a, a dating show. And in multiple other articles, I've found that they, they mentioned Hollywood Squares, but I don't know what game show it was. But she was watching TV and she saw him and thought he was attractive. And he was only really had to been in that uh, the movie Blake Edwards 10 at that point is like a small role. So, yeah. That's and previously he was like a semi-pro <laughs> football player in Seattle, <laughs> yeah. bartender and stuff. Yeah, anything can happen in Hollywood. You know that's why we keep. Well, Schwarzenegger doesn't have the same what's a uh, range of motion in his arm. It w- I don't think it would have worked for at least that reason. You can't buy that he uses those arms or anything other than picking stuff up and putting it down. <laughs> right. <laughs> like. Oh. Exactly. Oh, do you have any other questions, Gabby? I know you said that you had a couple production questions. I mean, man, just like the budget of this, I want to know more about this like ultimate swindler that is the production sets and costume guy. Like, I mean, he's what? a famous designer in Italy. I mean, he's really okay. well regarded. But like, I think it's just because he had been working on it for so long, and so he had worked through different directors and different productions that like he just had stuff that was like already into production. I was my, is my guess. But like, it seems yeah. like nobody knew what was happening. I mean, yeah, it just sounds like he really had a cush gig and just wrote it to the very end. That's <laughs> yeah. what it looked like. Sounds like a smart fucking guy. Leave it to an Italian to like figure out how to work for a long time, but like not actually do that much work. Right. <laughs> and make sure that your uh, that your boss like doesn't speak your language. Stacks. Yeah. Yeah, you feel like fat stacks. Yeah. Okay, here's some here's some foil and gold glitter. Doesn't it look awesome? And it, and it did. And it did. Yeah. It really did. Oh. Yeah, and those Hawkmen, they couldn't even sit down. Uh, but yeah. It. Yeah, they had to lay on you their stomachs. The beefcakes with wings, you know? Yeah. Just, they got hard. slaughtered. Like, they just got massacred out there, but that's okay, you know? Uh, oh, okay. Know. Okay, let's get into uh, the critics' consensus from RottenTomatoes.com. It is campy charm and annoying sense of humor help to overcome a silly plot involving a spacefaring ex football player. Actually, I don't think he was X. I think he was still a football player. But anyways, his adoring bevy of groupies and a supervillain named Ming the Merciless. From critics, it got an 82% tomato meter. From the audience, 69%, which is very wow funny. But anyways. Usually it's um, the opposite. I know. It's, you know I, and um, I forgot to bring up like the Cisco and Ebert thing, but of course Ebert loved it because he loves all the kinky stuff. He's just like, he's all in. Once he saw that orgasmic ring, he was like, oh, yes. Um, anyways, what? Let's talk about what the panel thought. Gabby, what did you think? Oh, what did I think? Um, so overall, I enjoyed it more than I thought I would enjoy it. Um, I had a lot of questions about the plot. I don't understand Dale other than the fact that she's hot. Why the fuck is she named Dale? Like that's <laughs> well, not a woman's name. Maybe in the nineteen thirties. They should have named like, her Boofy. Boofy. I mean, just like, yeah. I don't understand like this really like sex dungeony Epsteiny thing that Ming has going on. I don't quite understand what gripe Ming has with the planet Earth in the beginning, like just to begin with. Like, what is he seems to be a big fan of Hitler? So he was know, attacking the planet. Like- he he said he didn't know the name of the planet right in the beginning. Yeah, because that's just how merciless he is. He just but doesn't... he refers to Flash Gordon as an Earthling. 
Yeah. So because that, that's and, incorrect. On his panel where there's like hot hail and things like that, there was one button that just said earthquake. So I don't understand how. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> would, would it be a Mongo quake or something? Like it said yeah, exactly. Somewhere like his. So his, what he likes to do, what Ming likes to do, is he likes to go in and slaughter everybody except for one female. And then he repopulates the uh, planet with that. So I think he was thinking about doing it with Dale. And this, I don't know if this never. And made- he has to do that with Viagra or whatever the the mong the version of Viagra is. But he has to drink something to even do that. Like, <laughs> I mean, God, inadequacies of men in Earth and out of Earth truly never never ceases to amaze me. Oh, I think oh. "amaze" is the wrong word, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Like I, I was watching this, and I almost wanted to think that like it needed to be like in my mind the correct title for this should have been like. Like the erotic, the erotic escapades of Swing and Flash Gordon, you know, yeah. kind of going yeah. through that, you know. The and erotic was, stuff was really out of left field for me. I did not, I did not expect how like horned up this movie would be. Yeah, yeah. I, mean, I expect all my space thrillers to to include every character trying to bone every other character. Uh, they, they they do claim that a lot of the, the erotic stuff came from the skimpy outfits from the comic strips, but I mean, this was hot off the heels of the success of Barbarella, which is also Dino De Laurentiis, so that also kind of makes sense because that is totally like a sexy sci-fi space epic. Had the gold Leia bikini already happened like in pop culture? Like, were they copying no. that? No? no? Because this is the same because year as Empire I... Strikes Back, and that was in Jedi. Oh, and that was in... Okay. Wow. Yeah, because I literally... I wrote Sexy Burrito, Wadded Up Foil, Leia Vibes. <laughs> um, so this may be in for the third Star Wars. Yeah. It had yeah. to. I mean, it literally was, like, really... I mean, it was sexy. It was glittery. It was, like, not a lot of coverage. Great. Everybody looks great. All the women in this movie are top-notch. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Even Dale in her red and white skirt suit. <laughs> yeah, and the there was a lot not- of red and white. Also, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys noticed that color scheme. There was a point where Flash, he's got like a, a black top, I think, and a red bottom, and then the next scene, he's got a black bottom and a red top. And <laughs> <laughs> he also wore a lot of his own merch. Does nobody yeah. think that's weird that like Tom Brady doesn't like run around with like Tom Brady T-shirts, like? He's got to also, sell that Tom Brady is Tom Brady is I think our Flash Gordon is my thought. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's very convenient. I'm unloading. He has it on hand. You know, he has all his merch on hand and Mongo. And so many different styles. You know, like there was like the baseball tee. There was the, the like T-shirt with the red piping. Maybe he just forgets his name all the time, and that's why he has to wear it on a shirt. <laughs> Maybe. Maybe yeah. too many hits to the head. Um, yeah, the helmet, the helmets were the helmets were not great in the seventies. <laughs> no, they were not. Toby, what do you think about the movie? Uh, so, I mean, like compared to like, if it, you know, it's not a good movie, but it's so bad that it's. I would watch it with friends or like have a drinking game. Like anytime something sexy happens, if I was twenty years old, you know, like that would have been a lot of fun. <laughs> um, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, why not? It, it was good. It was it was entertaining for all the wrong reasons. And what about you, Tim? What, what do you think? I I love this movie. I mean, I love I love re- like ludicrous, over the top nonsense like this. Like, and I love movies that like this. Like, I can't believe got made. Like, it's just the, like movies like this and Buckaroo Banzai and these weird like 
otherworldly like how did this movie come together like or oh that's totally my my wheelhouse so yeah i i actually but i mean i i also have nostalgia for this i like all the movies we're watching this season i watched a, a lot as a kid and this one in particular i watched a ton uh, i also like had like a record player at a young age in my room and i had this soundtrack and i would listen to it like non-stop like all the time so <laughs> yeah <laughs> That's this one's burned into my uh my dna <laughs> you know it's like that that song the rest the whole song isn't actually all that great it's just that just it has that 20 seconds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. freddie mercury who could I sing did. about anything and it'd be great it's a know? great song man <laughs> and that one like bass line there's like a chunk at the end there's like a chunk at the end that's like 10 minutes of just that bump 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 for the whole like 15 minute scene i also love the the football fight scene like the Mm. music in that is so good too yeah do you have that i do um I got the football. I'm just looking. Here, I, uh... I'll be Dale. Go, Flash, go. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's go, right. Flash, just like, that was all so bizarre. Oh, it's like flailing and telling him to go. Like, yeah, sure. That's, that's a, great. That's Super a, supportive. That's a, new, that's a New York girl for you right there. That's what they do. Mm-hmm. Well, while you look at that, let's let's talk about the first five minutes of the movie. Or do you have it? I, I you know, I, I, uh, I think I, so I, I did record it and then I didn't save it. So oh. I, I just don't have it here. Oh, that's too bad. All right, let's yeah. talk about the first five minutes because obviously Gabby has a half page. I have like I, we could just talk about the first five minutes. Okay, so here's it, it starts off in uh, where what town was this? Like Dead Moose, uh, Dead something. Okay, so here's some of the things that I, Dead I, Moose. I, we'll go with Dead, dead Moose. Dead Moose. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So Flash, Flash is a professional quarterback, but he's listening to a football game in his car. So that means either it's the playoffs. And he's a really shitty quarterback. So why are they all impressed with him? It's like me being impressed with like Mark Sanchez or something like going around. You know what I'm saying? Like, or he's just not playing the game. I don't know. So I was I was uh, kind of uh, confused about that. And then so Flash has what I think is a rental car because that's supposed to be Canada. And he just leaves it in the airport runway. And not only that, but he rolls down the window when he sees Dale and then just leaves. And then all of a sudden like all the hot hail comes in. <laughs> yeah. I do, you know what? I found it. I just didn't see okay. it. To my sound. Here it goes. Football scene. He's playing some barbaric game. Now match him. Like this. <laughs> now! 41! 42! Let's go! Of course, Zarkov ruins it. You know, it's, kind of, it's kind of funny. It's like it's like a bunch of foreigners made a movie about football, and they didn't really know how football worked. Right. Kind of knew like kind of broad outlines, but they're I keep on running back and forth. You know? yeah, it's like almost entirely Italians and British like production making a movie for Americans. Well, yeah, super weird. Interesting enough, the same choreography team did the Teen Wolf basketball scenes. That's a I they didn't really. But. <laughs> you gotta let the joke go. The key to American football is an attractive blonde quarterback, and that's all that they <laughs> knew. And that's I mean, 
I'm sold. I <laughs> it passed muster for me. So well, even even the 41, 42, 43, I'm like, no quarterback has ever done that. No, no. <laughs> that, there's usually something else. Like I don't know, I don't know. But um, oh, let's let's keep talking. Uh, so the other things I noticed about the first five minutes. Um, so they're in the plane and they start getting turbulence. And then the co-pilot's like, this is the best time to ask for an autograph. No, not even before that. Flash Gordon gets out of his seat because he's like, okay, I'm here, buddy. Also, the plane is so cute. I love the whole aesthetic of this, like, 70s, chic, tiny little. I mean, I didn't know it was made by Italians, but it looks very, like, Italian. It's so chic, the plane. I mean, it's all that the that like the plane and like the rocket ship and all that stuff is very much like designed from those comic panels. Like they tried it's to. So cute! It's so cute. You know who also is cute is one Miss uh, Dale. I forgot what the last her last. <laughs> all the, there's no other fucking Lady Dale. Dale is enough. We know who <laughs> yeah, Dale, Dale. The girl is. And so then Flash is like, so we're seeing we're going through turbulence. So I I need to get my game on right now. So you. Start- so he's there by saying, like, I've been stalking you uh, by asking the maitre d' at the hotel about you. And she's just like, hold me, Flash. <laughs> or something like that. Well, that's the other thing. Wait, so pause, because I have a gripe here. So she's a yeah. travel agent that's scared of turbulence and flying. And mm-hmm. then shit starts to get real. She unbuckles her seatbelt, jumps across the aisle <laughs> into his lap. What's happening, Flash? Like, girl, he doesn't know. Like, he's not a fucking like. Put your seatbelt on. This. Is I mean, dangerous. he knows how to fly a plane. We find oh, out. Yeah. yeah, he took. He took some. Yeah, he took some. Uh, uh, class. I think we could put put air quotes around that. We, we all know what he was really doing with his hands. Yeah. <laughs> oh man, yeah, he didn't really fly it that well because they crashed into Zarkov's uh, greenhouse lab. Which is, uh, mm-hmm. which is even Sarkov is even more insane because he his uh, way of uh, of talking to Munson, his lab tech. One, they're sleeping together like as roomies. On <laughs> there, that's a, that's a pretty shitty job. I love that. I love a saucy, <laughs> saucy little workplace romance. You know? Yeah, and who knows? Like maybe in like in the first draft, the they're 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 like making out or something while like the plane like crashes through. Um, and I got have some clips of uh, the the good doctor talking to uh, Munson or whatever. <laughs> Check the angular vector of the moon. The moon out of orbit by more than twelve degrees. This must be a mistake. That's no mistake. It's an attack. Time for us to go, Munson. Go where? Oh, I've got the coordinates now. The direction it's coming from. This is what we've been waiting for, Monson. We'll go up and counterattack them. He is going for it. Uh, wait, wait, I'm not going to spoil all this stuff about Zarkov and Munson and that launch because I got it below in the outline. Uh, but right now, let's go over some of uh, our favorite parts of the movie. If we can have just one favorite part of the movie, what what do you think, Toby? I love the part where uh, Ming the Merciless goes to his little sex lair and starts to take off his outfit, like takes off his belt. He's like all sexy like, oh, and then uh, Max he realizes, you know, yeah. realizes some woman's in there whom he's probably already banged, and he decides to to just be like, "What?" <laughs> you know, like I really feel bad for Dale because like everyone's just looking at her as a vessel for their seed, you know, and that's. Just, yeah. well, 
one thing that was weird or interesting. <laughs> one thing. Yeah, one thing. Flash say like All he's right. like, I want to have your kids, and she's like, we're getting married. <laughs> no, no, he did not no, say no, that. No, I wrote that down too. That's not what happened. He, she was like, she said something about like, oh yeah, I can't wait to whatever. He goes, save it for our kids. Yeah. And she's like, I'm engaged. Yeah. <laughs> That's not what he said. Oh. He said he wants to impregnate you, not marry you, lady. And don't like, get it twisted. Don't the, get it. No, womanhood. I'm telling you, girl, this is don't buy it. Don't buy it. He like gives her that don't like, move in, don't move in with him. Like, uh, he's not with that ring. Yeah, 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 he never said, I love you. No, yeah. he just said, save it for so our much. kids. Like, I can't. Yeah, well, he I gave saved her, you like, from getting impregnated by this alien, but I'm gonna do it now. <laughs> he he gave her that like weird like rape juice cocktail, right? Like the the one that says like it won't make you forget, but it'll make you more okay with not for for for, for with remembering. For, yeah, it's like good lord. <laughs> and then he's so sexual with his daughter. Ming is like way too like okay with his sexuality in front of it like big time donald trump vibes with this well, guy and, like, and his daughter like, it's really like, gross his assistant says like she even rivals your daughter to him it's like oh, yeah God, ew. so gross so gross <laughs> <laughs> oh those lines in 1980 are we're just so far away compared to now all right tim what, what's your favorite part of the movie I mean, I, it's hard to pass up the football fight. I mean, yeah. it's a it's a pretty epic and amazing moment. Um, I mean, outside of that, I guess the other thing is that, like I have I had some kinder trauma from the uh, the tree stump uh, roulette, roulette oh, like oh, yeah. scorpion thing. I, that like I vividly remembered that. Like that always freaked me out when I was younger watching it. <laughs> it's ridiculous <laughs> now, but. Oh, <laughs> yeah. uh, what do you think, Gabby? What's your what's your favorite part? Gosh, um, I I just had some good quotes. So like one of them, Ming at one point says, I like to play with things a while before annihilation. <laughs> Ultimate, fuck boy, fuck boy, big time. And uh, yeah, the Flash Gordon one about his kids, that was a gross one. Or prepare her for our pleasure. I wrote that down too, that was disgusting. That's like, still Who do you think you are? Uh, yeah, God. Okay, yeah, it, it just, it, it doesn't age well in that it aged too well. Like I said, all of the themes of this movie are still way too normal in our society today. Like way, it like hits way too close to home for something that's this old. Yeah. You know, like it's like maybe how like uh, the original Star Trek series kind of unwatchable for me, but the original Batman series, very watchable. Like, and then who's our favorite characters of all of the crazy ass characters out there? Gabby, who's your favorite character? I kind of liked Aura because I also liked that she withstood the torture and was like, she held her ground. You know, like she was a horn dog at first. She came from a bad home. Her dad was an asshole. Uh, but she, you know, she processed that trauma and moved on, you know, and I, I respect her for that. Plus her whole, her whole look. She's great hair. Oh yeah. Fantastic hair. Fantastic makeup great too. Hair. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> What'd you think? Who's, who's your favorite? Uh, was it Brian Blessed, whoever, like the, the head of the Hawkman? Yeah, yeah, I, I, oh, I love yeah. him so much. Goons alive! Like, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> he was great. He, so his line delivery is just cracks me up every time. Like, it's so good. Goons alive! 
Here's and I think he did a lot of improvisation oh, yeah. too because he was a big Flash Gordon. Huge fan. He was he was actually at one point in the sixties considered to be the second Doctor Who. Um he was like kind of like it was a really notorious uh British kind of stage and theater actor. And so when he found they're making Flash Gordon, it sounds like he muscled his way into getting a role. He really fought hard to get it on this movie. <laughs> Toby, who's your favorite? Uh the the Birdman for me was as well. Uh, <laughs> I love his mouth. His mouth is huge. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he did. Uh, I wonder what happened to his daughter because she was there for like just one second and then. Um, well, it's, it's one of the movies that there's so many background, like random characters. If you sit and watch it, there's like all these weird, like even that original, like kind of tribunal moment, there's all these tribes you never see again. And you're just like, God, I want to know more about these people. Like, what yeah, little, the tight people. Like, the little <laughs> gold guy who sticks the bad guy. You know, he's like, when the football scene's going, he like, he's like, nee, 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 and hits him in the leg or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. And then in, the, right. in, in the basket, when they were getting drowned, there was a, uh, uh, like a weird snakeish guy in there. Oh, the uh, lizard men. Yeah, well, there's that yeah. one shot where like the guy, one guy's like lizard guys run down the hallway, right? It's like lizard man, you can't escape, and then like like blast him, right? And he's like this. Like... <laughs> Let's get into some burning questions. Question number one. This is a quiz uh, question. In the comics, Flash Gordon was not a professional football player. What sport did he play? I'm going to let you think about that for a couple seconds. <laughs> Um, I'm pretty Tim. Do you know the answer? I do. Okay, so it was, it was golf. No, it was not. What? Oh my god, I believed you. <laughs> oh, Gabby, I, something you... about a blonde man. No, no yeah. man is that blonde unless they play something stupid like golf or I'll say lacrosse. Oh, you're, you're Ooh, close. You're close. <laughs> Tim, polo. You're yeah. a polo player. <laughs> what? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> And so they updated them to be the quarterback for the New York Jets, like a crappy, <laughs> crappy. They can't even pick like a good team, you know, <laughs> like the Bears. Should have been yeah, like the Bears, Bears. <laughs> exactly, like the Chicago Bears. <laughs> oh, all right. For question for Gabby. Okay, Gabby, if you are a crazy doctor, do you motivate uh, employees and uh, riders on your friendship counterattack rocket with a drawn pistol? You know, I don't think that is the best bedside manner, but it might work depending on who the patient is. It really does. <laughs> it's also a good. Uh, you never know. Exactly. Exactly. Munson got away, but then luckily uh, Flash and Dale got uh, tricked into going in there. And then did he get? Then he started pistol whipping everybody too, and then like blasted off. Yeah. The weapons, the like wide range of weapons, like when they choose to use something super technological or just like a regular gun versus at the end where it's just like regular old whips. And it's like this crazy stage and like all this technology and like pyrotechnics and lighting. But like here, here's some fucking whips to beat the shit out of each other with. Like <laughs> can we get some consistency in our weaponry here. And the, uh, the, the spikes through the ground. <laughs> they were a nice touch for sure, but I think they could have been sharper or faster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted to see somebody's foot get fucked. Yeah. My understanding of that sh that scene in particular is that they spray painted that platform like silver. So in between takes, they'd have to like scrub the silver off of their skin because it was still like somewhat wet. Oh, <laughs> well, wow. they, they didn't even let it like dry. I guess not. Or it was like the just rubbing paint. off. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
Uh, okay, Toby, let's get back to Dr. Zarkov. Um, mm. Designs are sound. Because, like, so he designs this rocket, but he needs a person to sit across the <laughs> for it to, like, to launch. Like, that's pretty ridiculous, right? Yeah, here, let me play a quick, quick clip of the rocket taking off. Sit down! Keep your foot on that red pedal or the cheap horses will kill us all! I got the moment! For God's sake! Strap yourselves down, quick! <laughs> So I think they're sound because a like you gotta strap yourselves in, you know, <laughs> before the G forces hit. So that's a good idea. He's got seatbelts, and somebody's got to press the pedal. Why not? <laughs> you think, you think it's that one person could do like? <laughs> there were a but lot no. of buttons to push in there, though. Like at least nine. But you don't you don't want to like overwhelm the driver. Uh, okay, Tim. Uh, so what's a mong a mong scale three? If you just had to guess, is that something that Varkov says? Like, is that like about? No, like, remember, like when they're c- coming into a planet Mongo, oh, they're being scanned, and they're also saying that they don't identify the creatures, but like everyone there is pretty much human. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I don't. I mean, it, I guess maybe it's some sort of like radioactivity scale or something. I don't. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense because it's like it's probably something that has to do with genitalia. But. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Um, Yeah, I mean, it would make sense. This movie is sexy front to back, so yeah. Uh, Okay. Hey. Uh, Question two. Someone, someone, uh, some actor actually did not finish filming this movie. He never came back from Christmas break. Who was it? Tim knows this, right? Toby, Mm -hmm. who do you think never came back? I think it was the gold guy, uh, the assistant to Ming. Okay. Gabby, any guess? Oh, God. Uh, I mean, Prince Baron, maybe? Did they film out of order? No, it was Flash yeah. himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he. What a scumbag. For real? There's a lot yeah. of stories about what happened. Say they claim it was over like money, but there's also claims that he was part of like a, like a petition, like in like he, he joined up like a, like a, picket squad like outside the production like there's all kinds of weird stories but it's so much so that it it, it created this huge tension between him and dino de Laurentiis and dino he claims that he didn't want to come back and refused to come back so there's stories that dino dino actually fired him and said fuck it we can figure it out without you which they did uh but then there's also like a lot of fights right like so much so that they didn't even do a press tour with him to promote the movie because he refused to be involved at that point. Uh, and, and then they've caused a weird like rift between Dino and De Laurentiis and universal. And like, yeah, it's crazy, but they, so according to the, according to the director, they ADR'd only 5% of Sam Jones's lines and they had enough. Sam Jones claims that they, they overdubbed all of his lines and then he, there's not a single line that's even being spoken by him in the movie. Uh, they got like a double to jump in and like film some of the sequences. So there's a like, multiple sequences that it's not even Sam Jones that you're looking at. It's just somebody like in a Sam Jones looking outfit, like from far away, but they got enough like principal photography. I guess they were able to make it work where you didn't notice. It's crazy. Wow. Yeah, no, it definitely. And like, I pay attention to those things. I did not. What a scumbag. And like, this was like his first real break. Even if you did have complaints about like the production or his pay, like this is your first movie. Maybe, maybe wait until movie number two to like have, ethics and morals yeah the one the one quote i saw was that it said that uh that sam jones had uh uh 
it, it fell out of with the deal deal just due to an ill-advised strike that he was involved with <laughs> yeah i would not advise that he go on strike in the middle of production of his first big hollywood movie yeah but 14 weeks were shot without him wow <laughs> oh. that's like almost half right it was like 17 yeah. weeks the first half yeah that's wild what an idiot i can't believe he even had a career after he uh, didn't really i mean no. yeah not really he ended I mean, up uh, becoming a, he became a bodyguard slash uh kidnap uh rescue person type thing he founded his own like private like bodyguard firm or something he's in a ton of like straight to like video 90s action movies and stuff like he pops up in some random nonsense but like yeah his career was basically done yeah, after this. yeah it's like literally flash gordon and ted it's imdb <laughs> oh man uh gabby do you think it's a good idea to announce very loudly that you have a gun well so as somebody who does not have a gun, I would love for everybody that had a gun to announce that they have a gun so that I'm aware and like I can, you know, adjust how I interact with them accordingly. But putting myself in that person's shoes, no, I would say it's not a great idea. That's classic. Kind of defeats the purpose. You know, it's, it's kind of funny because it's like the lizard man gets vaporized and he's like, don't worry, everybody. I have a gun, but I'm going to leave you out of it, even though I'm talking to you about it right now. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Zarkov. Oh, oh uh, man. Tim, what in the throne room? Who has the best outfits? Who has oh. How can you choose just one? They're all so I good. <laughs> um Yeah, I don't know. I guess I mean I do love the lizard men. They're pretty uh, pretty hilarious, but yeah, I guess um Ming, I mean he's he's pretty decked out. <laughs> That 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 decked out was seventy pounds. Max Tito yeah. <laughs> uh, had trouble staying upright for uh, for a long time. Mm-hmm. His uh, makeup is very reminiscent of current Instagram models with that like sculpted brow and like heavy eyeshadow. Like it doesn't actually look good in person, but it photographs well. That was the, the you know the eighties were ahead of their time. I mean, Immense that, makeup, and that's like clearly like very directly modeled off of those serials in the comic strips from the thirties. So, I mean, yeah, it's crazy. Beauty is cyclical. <laughs> Nothing is original. <laughs> Toby, what was the final score of the fo- football fight? Do you think it was, uh, well, flash lost ultimately. Right. So yeah. it had to be like just a, like a 21, 20 Scott Norwood. You missed the field goal. Oh my God. That is, uh, what do you think was the best? What was the best part of the fight for us? What do you think, Toby? I loved when um, Flash was knocked out briefly, and then he got up and realized he was in a football game, and he got super <laughs> excited. <laughs> I just love that he's like completely helpless until he finds a football-shaped object, and he's like, "Oh, I, now I know how to fight." <laughs> yeah. It reminded me of like uh, you know in Tech Mobile. I don't know if you guys remember that, but it's like the the guy that's uh, um kind. Of, Dang it. Bo-, Bo Jackson? Yeah. He, the guy who's Bo Jackson just yeah. plays with everyone. He's just like running back and forth and stuff. And like, uh, do- it was Bo Jackson. And then what I think the best part for me was like when Clytus uh, or whatever that guy's name was started, started coaching. He's like, I can't yeah. get down like this. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Uh, Toby, I think you have a gift for us. Yeah, I just wanted to share. So as we were talking about, as I was thinking about the Flash song, which, by the way, had a great run. Um, it was actually, um, uh, I want to say it was gold in, <laughs> let me just see. I, I had, oh, so it had, I mean, it sold lots and lots of records, but it was like uh, gold in the UK, uh, four times no, I'm reading for the game. That's why I'm not seeing what I want. The game had a much better run, but uh, in Poland it went platinum. Uh, UK it went gold. The, this is the Flash album. Um, it ended up uh, number 13 on the Austrian charts, number 15 on the German charts, um, and then also the game came out that year, which had a much better run and sold millions of records, like something like six or seven million probably. Um, wow. But uh, the I, I wanted to say too on the Billboard that year there were a few other song, notable songs from movies, um, and they two of them had very similar opening. Uh, you know when you just think of that like that flash beat that boom 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 boom. So that's the flash intro. But then uh, this is one of my favorite songs ever, also 1980 uh, from the, the movie Nine to Five with Dolly Parton. Oh. Yeah, same thing, yeah. Oh, so good. This is the jam, too, you know. So uh, that could have been the theme song for Flash. Um, but then I, another song that came out uh, with the Blues Brothers was that year. And this, the, song that in, the song that starts that movie, also similar beat. One's more flash. He's riding the mule. I want Queen to cover all of these songs. <laughs> oh, yeah. I want a Freddie Mercury cover of Nine oh. to Five really so, bad. Yeah. And then um, another great song from uh, this is from Caddyshack. So I, I, it was just notable to me. I was like, hey, there were other great movie songs that year. Sweet logins. Yeah. <laughs> they were all really upbeat. Like they were very, um, yeah, they were very optimistic during the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Later, it's all different. Which is the best makeout song? I think it's Flash. Oh, yeah. Probably. Yeah. Right? <laughs> or, oh, I don't know. Blues Brothers is a good makeout song, too, I bet. <laughs> it, 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 see, it's like a classy cool. one, right? Like a retro, <laughs> like you're just like you, you try to be a little bit more smooth, like yeah. like a little mm-hmm. bit more of like you're on you're on the offensive, right? You know, <laughs> or you're like on the hood of a Corvette on an older look or something, you know. Right. <laughs> Pop a couple of glass bottles of Coca Cola. Yeah. Now I bet. Now there's another thing <laughs> song that we mentioned earlier that's probably had more people make out to it. And that's- I don't know. Like I'm not making out to that. I, I don't know. Um, 
you might uh, like that's not like I, yeah i need that drive like the driving jackhammer beat of uh flash cord <laughs> there, there's photos from queen from like that, this year's like the tour from this year when they're playing the flash songs but they're playing all those hits from the game uh-huh. and, and and freddie mercury's wearing like a skin tight like flash oh. t-shirt but oh. with like a, a with a Darth Vader like cod piece like, really? like helmet on his crotch, it's like wow. it's so crazy. Like, wow. like can you imagine them playing that song? Oh like yeah, a- it's such a good look. Oh yeah. Whoever said jackhammer that word to describe it. Mm. Oh, it's so great. You know, yeah. Freddie, you know Freddie Mercury doesn't jackhammer anything. Oh. First of all, don't <laughs> don't disrespect him like that. No, no, he he's very uh, he he would make you feel very comfortable. Uh, right? Is that, is that what, is, yeah, I'm not sure what he like. All I know is Bohemian Rhapsody. <laughs> um, and, oh man, that's a great look. Yeah, I mean, I wish I could have that look. That's why I'm not eating cheese. I'm trying to lose the weight so I got these on right because like, Oh, it's all about goals. It's all about goals in my mm-hmm. app, You know. Progress, not perfection. Yeah, exactly. Thank you so much for that review in the 80s movie music. Gabby, I got another question for you. Is it bad form to be making out with someone while telepathically communicating with a travel agent you're hitting on? (laughs) Yes. Literally, I feel like that's probably happened to me more than once. Yeah. <laughs> Fair share of like where like where are you right now? Like we're kissing and it's like, where are you? You're not here. It's like, although <laughs> here's the thing. Aura Aura knew what he was like, Aura knew he was in the middle of a conversation and she was still like trying to assert herself. And then and then he has the audacity to be like, Oh, she's really turning me on right now. Like, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no fucking shit like she can tell we can tell everybody can tell except for the girl you're talking to and now you just told her and dale's like hello did you just say you loved me <laughs> yeah, was that? you said you wish we had twins what <laughs> when you're com- communicating telepathically do you do you end with like each your 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 comments with like over because then later like <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, except for the one where oh, she's really turning me on right now. Over. That one didn't need the over. That one was received without the over. Yeah. <laughs> oh, sometimes you just want to believe the lie. Oh, poor Dale. Poor men. Men. I'm, no, I'm no. liking this movie oh, more. Oh, yeah, it's poor Dale. As we talk about it. Yeah, golly. All right. And now it's this music means it's time for the game show. That's what ten thousand dollar pyramid music means to me. I'm not paying them any royalties. <laughs> All right, Gabby, let's go back to 1980, and everybody else, let's go back to 1980 and talk about some stuff and how much it cost back then. All right, first thing: an average price for a pack of smokes. 1980. 75 cents. All right. 10? I was going to say a buck. I don't know. All right. Yeah. I'd say right in there, 75 cents a buck. That seems about right. The correct answer is well, you have to, you can't do a range. Well, I guess I could. 
Is it man? Yeah, you don't. Yeah. We, we said 80, amount. 80 cents. <laughs> okay, okay. All right. All right. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm just trying to keep it, uh, to keep it, uh, whatever. I'll edit Fair. That. Fair. Fair. I'll edit that part in. Equitable. Yep, equitable. Uh, it is 63 cents. So Gabby gets a point. Wow. Ding, ding, ding. Um, also, some interesting things. Uh, so it, it, inflate, uh, adjusted for inflation, that would be a dollar forty-three in today's dollars. Uh, the annual consumption per capita of cigarettes during uh, 1980 was 2,752 cigarettes. Per person? Yes. Per year? <laughs> yes. Wow. What is a little bit? Uh, I think it's. I think it's. Um, I can't remember. Less maybe. Oh yeah, it's like way less. It depends it? if it's like New York City versus like you know Tulsa or something. Oh. <laughs> the, does it looking, though? Actually, now now as I say it, I'm like, does it? Yeah. Um, it then works out to a 137 packs uh, a year, and yes, I think I saw like in 1990 it like st- uh, the per capita consumption had halved, so it's probably a lot less now. But back then, light them up if you got them. All right, next one. In 1980, uh, McDonald's expanded its, expanded its menu with the first fast food chicken sandwich, the McChicken. Uh, what was the price? Toby. 49 cents, Bob. Okay. Tim? 75 cents. Gabby? 60 cents. Oh, it was 80 cents. Tim gets the point. Oh, there we go. All right. Next one, uh, because you should always buy your baby dolls in by the inch, is the 24-inch baby Christie. No, I, I do have the commercial uh, from baby Chrissy, so here we, here's that. This is beautiful Chrissy, the doll with beautiful hair that grows and grows. Turn the knob and her hair shorter. Press her tummy and you can make her hair grow. And you can brush it and fix it different ways. And grows. She's ideal. (laughs) I hate that tagline. (laughs) Two feet of ideal baby doll coming right at you. Hey, by the end. Uh, Pull string on her neck to shorten it. Dressed in a wrapper big enough to wear real baby clothes, not to be creepy. Uh, so if you're a 40-year-old woman and really kind of pining after baby, just get yourself a 24-inch baby Chrissy. She has soft skin and jointed arms and legs, auburn hair and big sparkling eyes. How much was a 24-inch baby Chrissy? Tim. $6.99? Get it. <laughs> Come on, Tim. There's it's a lot of engineering going into this. I'll go with about tree fitty. Um, I'm gonna go with twenty four ninety nine, Bob. Okay, this one's Toby. It is nineteen ninety nine. Yeah. What? How much is that in today's dollars? Um. Oh, I can't do that conversion. Let's see. I'll Google it right now. I bet it's like 50 bucks. God, that's crazy. 6701. 
Sixty-seven dollars for that stupid doll. That's <laughs> ideal. Avid listeners of this show will will know that things were priced way more expensive. These dolls and toys were way more expensive back in the eighties. I don't yeah. know if that's true though, because there's been like previous things were like like the, the the whatever playpen sets and things like that. It was like they're like four dollars or whatever, and this is like <laughs> you know like late eighties. It's like I figured like that doll was like. It couldn't be more than ten bucks, but I mean, it also makes sense because it's not like people bought their kids a shit ton of dolls. It's like here's one doll. If you want any to do anything else, go outside. Like, get out yeah. of my face. I guess it has the, the, the hair mechanics that that that's, that adds a little bit of a price tag to it. A lot of engineering. Yeah, there's a lot of neglect going on during this time. You had to buy an expensive doll to make up for it, right? How many? strange men bought those dolls do you think i say it's like up to 10 percent of those dolls were by men with no children (laughs) yeah and with the baby like when it's uh advertising like you could put real kids like baby clothes on it yeah it's ideal (laughs) (laughs) my wife was watching me uh watch that commercial and she's like oh what is that it sounds really sensual and she was like kind of like curious going back to flesh gordon i had one more gripe if, we're talking, if i can if i can of course so when he's when he's advertising the upcoming execution of flash gordon the only thing the poster says is flash gordon earthling executed by ming and like there's so many other awesome things to talk about this ex- execution. You're not even talking about the fact that he's a professional football player, that he's blonde. You don't like, you could be playing up all these other things that make the execution worth tuning into. Not just that he's an earthling. And so with well, that, uh, I would like to let uh, Ming know that I am available for marketing consultancy. <laughs> I can be paid in whatever that sexy green drink is. Dollar <laughs> bills. Thank you. Thank you. Listen, uh, we got we we got to be out here hustling. Oh yeah, definitely. Until I meet a man like Flash Gordon to give me his babies or guests. Uh, I mean, it really doesn't seem like it takes much for people to obey what Ming wants them to do. So I mean, he really doesn't have to put much effort into anything. It seems like. <laughs> inadequacy breeds inadequacy. Yeah, it's true. Gabby, I think for what it's worth, Ming could really utilize your marketing skills. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I'll put that in my LinkedIn. I'll, I'll make a post. <laughs> uh, and I hope that if you, on your LinkedIn profile, that you wear this fur hat and boa combo. Oh, that's nice. It looks like it's a... It's I a, love it. It's a three-tailed fox or something that they... <laughs> yeah, I was going to say prong, and I like tail better. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. Fur hat and boa... And it is for all you classy ladies in 1980. This is before people um, thought unkindly about this and threw red paint at you. So how much is this? Toby. 249.99, Bob. Okay. What? 10. <laughs> um 200? PR Gabby. I'm gonna have to go with like 100. All right, it, the the cost is fifty six dollars. Fifty six. Oh, I win. All right, and that 
puts uh, Gabby in the lead with two. Everyone else has one. As we get into the last question, as animal animal death is only worth what twice as much as a doll. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a lot less work into it. Yeah. Baby Chrissy's. Once you grow up, you take all of your baby Chrissy dolls to the department store, and then they give you a fur hat. And all <laughs> yeah. Trade trade two Chrissy's in. Yeah. <laughs> It's like the uh, debutante ball, you know. You're like, here's all the dolls. Just bathe. It just like dress me in furs. You know? Yes. Make sure you bring a man with you to the store, though. You can't do that on your own. That's, yeah. that's deal. That's negotiation, and ladies don't do that. Right. Like he can't have a lady just walking around with a card. Like, what's going to happen? No. Right. Yeah. What are you gonna do? Drive? Oh no, yeah. We don't want that. Just be- take take our seed. Have our- <laughs> right. That's what flash coins. Yeah. Uh, on me. Yeah. Uh, all right. Last thing is a 1980 dinette set. Very 1980s looking by the look of it. The table is laminated plastic top of simulated Michigan oak over wood products and bipedestal base with raised column and finished chrome. Self adjusting floor glides. Chairs are covered with walnut cascade vinyl. This is sleek and futuristic and so, so 80s. How much do you think it is? Let's start with Gabby. In the lead. Go with two hundred and fifty dollars. Okay. Or a set of four chairs. Five hundred forty nine ninety nine, Bob. Uh, I mean, because it's simulated Michigan oak, it's got to be a, I mean, <laughs> that's premium. So one seventy five. <laughs> Can't believe it. Toby, did you know what this was? No. I... The real price was $549.95. Whoa. Wow. Simulated Michigan oak. Wow. Yeah. You got <laughs> wow. Pay for the Michigan oak. <laughs> that is trash. I wouldn't pay that today. <laughs> no. Damn, oh, that... that is $1,720 in today's dollars. But you could probably find it at a Goodwill for about 20 bucks. <laughs> <laughs> Worth every penny. Oh. <laughs> I don't think that thing has lasted this long. If it's all simulated <laughs> no and vinyl, there's it doesn't exist. No. That thing has poofed. <laughs> it probably poofed before Y2K, honestly. Oh, uh, and there we go. That's the end of the... Um, Quiz with a tie between uh, Toby and Gabby, but we're going to give the victory to Gabby since she is our very special guest. Thank you so much, Gabby. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. That, that's yeah. That's our uh, crowd that we keep locked in uh, in our Mongo Castle. <laughs> I was just going to say, which which room are they in? The one, the one like uh, Bing, like Ming's uh, bedchamber, my bedchamber. Right. Yeah. Oh, the one where they had the pillow fight at the end with all the <laughs> gauze flowing. <laughs> oh, I oh, oh. <laughs> oh, about that. And then, oh, and then, oh, what about the uh, the marriage scene, right between me oh. and Dale? Oh. Say, do you do you have a clip of that? Because I wrote oh, that I, one, one quote from it. No. I have it. Here and it she comes. was like Here. crying the whole Here time. Here it comes. Get line. ready. Do you mean the merciless ruler of the universe? Take this earthling, Dale Arden, to be your empress of the hour. Of the hour, yes. You promise to use her as you will? Certainly. Not to blast Trash. her. Trash! 
until such time as you grow weary of her. <laughs> I do. That's, that's no. really you don't need to say it in the vowel. We yeah. get it. That was, yeah, I wrote down, yeah, use her as you will and not blast her into space until you grow weary of her. Until, like, like, we know, that part can just stay unspoken. Like, we get it. Like, so... oh. We don't need to promise. We know the threat is looming at all times. Trust me. <laughs> that's garbage. That's in the fucking vows. <laughs> He's like, well, yeah, no, I can't wait to blast her ass in the jackhammer. <laughs> After he blasts her, he's going to blast her in the space. Oh, man. What they call him, Minute Ming, the jackhammer. <laughs> he's like, turn on my music. Just the intro will suffice. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's why they have like kind of screaming whoa I mean like that's that's where it happens right that's what that yeah. was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I love that song honestly it's so good it's so good it's so good I like I mean I I, I wish I had started a drinking game I, every time they do the like flash because mm-hmm. I feel like I would have been unconscious yeah. by the oh, end but it, I didn't get tired of it at all yeah, so so here's the entire Ming <laughs> Ming making sweet sweet love sequence. <laughs> uh, it goes a little something like this. So he's now Jack. <laughs> he's whipping out the jackhammer, and then there it goes. That's it. That's all he needs. And then we're done. Uh, yeah. Then he rolls over and he just starts. And he's sleeping. <laughs> And that's oh, why his women are drugged, because it's like, man, you wish you could forget, but it's not that bad to remember, yeah. you know? Do <laughs> you think, like, on the side of the bed, like, there's, like, a button that he hits that just, like, catapults them into space or something? <laughs> like, or at least out of the bed. <laughs> a warm a warm respite from this awful lovemaking experience they were just forced into. <laughs> oh, that's terrible. Uh-oh. They're like, please, I would love to be blasted into space. <laughs> Yeah, I think the, I mean, um, Gabby, the last question I had was really, as as our expert female here, put yourself in the Dale's shoes. And I guess by now, I think I know what the answer is, because I was going to ask, like, who would you rather end up with, Flash or Ming? But maybe not. Like, you get up with Ming. Uh, I would rather end up with Baron, actually. Prince Baron seems like a real nice guy. He's a big hottie. He's also seems to be like a good leader. Like he he get, he um makes the birdman in charge of the armies, you know, he's hot. He comes he has from, a mustache. He comes from humble. He comes from he has a mustache. He comes from humble beginnings, you know. I think he seems that, to be in touch with his feelings. Oh, that's true, but he, I think he's actually into baby Chrissy. Oh, Chrissy has Ooh, he would be. You know why? <laughs> Because she's ideal. Oh, man. Because she's ideal. So ideal. She's ideal. (laughs) Don't you love me? (laughs) Chrissy has grown. And you can brush it and fix it different ways. And grows. She's ideal. (laughs) 
<laughs> Your poor wife, Toby. She thinks that you listen to that to get into the mood. She's like, <laughs> here's the oh baby Chrissy. She's like, uh oh. Here comes the hammer. Your wife. But, uh, Toby's like, Toby's oh, wife comes idea. out. You wish I was ideal? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad that Lisa doesn't listen to the podcast. <laughs> so, Every every episode we go through and you rank our heroes in the following categories. Oh, if we hanker, uh, we rank our heroes and villains in three categories. For the heroes, we rank them in uh, in terms of beefiness, charisma, and hair, uh, and we rank them on a scale of uh, from one to five, and each one is a one to five Lundgrens named in uh, in honor of Dolph Lundgren, our hero. Uh, who? Oh my God, guys! Oh my God! So we, uh, Gabby, uh, the episode before we did this was Masters of the Universe with Dolph Lundgren, and we talked a lot about with uh, Dolph Lundgren um, dated Grace Jones. Back mm-hmm. in 1984, and so I I found this um this article that I found it too late, but basically it was uh, Dolph Lundgren saying like he was just worn out by all the women that Grace Jones would just like bring back. He's like we kept on having group sex like four to five at a time. It was just wow, it was crazy. But uh, I, so there, if there's pictures, if there's pictures out there of Dolph Lundgren and Grace Jones, and they are it, they're an attractive couple. It's, it's just—it's like, insane. The big, like, di- the big dick energy from both of them. Those yeah. two, those two bodies, like how muscular and fit they are, it just doesn't make any fucking sense. Like it's crazy. Yeah. I bet that there was a lot of like fatalities because their fucking jawlines are so <laughs> razor sharp. I bet they oh. lost a couple of hoes. You know. Oh man, and poor Dolph is just like. Just give me a break. I'm like a just a chemistry student. I just want to have regular old four minute missionary sex, but <laughs> yeah. Oh, but anyway. damn, they are oh. so pretty. I want to. I would. I would pay to watch them have sex for sure. <laughs> oh, Dolph is amazing. I mean, those. Did two you see this leather outfit? <laughs> when she has a leather romper and he has leather pants and literally nothing else. Ooh, this is nice. I'll send you this link. This is good. <laughs> uh, did you, did you, Bob? Did you watch that uh, clip of Dolph Lundgren uh, doing that uh, Elvis song I was talking about, where he does the drum solo and breaks ice? No, I forgot about this. <laughs> oh, it's great. A little bit oh, of comedy. Yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah oh, and those, those glasses. <laughs> it's oh, so good. Oh, I know. And the gloves. Oh, got gloves. <laughs> Yeah. They are chiseled. They are so pretty. Mm. Okay. They're about to rampage. I know. We got to get out. I can't. I can't keep looking at it. Yeah. It's like too much. I'll post (laughs) the website for anybody who has. Okay. Uh, So we're going to rank our heroes in the following categories beefiness, charisma, and hair on a scale of one to five Lundgrens. Uh, So let's go after um, the first one, of course, is our hero. Flash Gordon, um, Abby. Okay, beefiness. I'll give him a four. Okay, could be beefier, but pretty beefy. Charisma, dude, barely a two. Not that charismatic. Like, not at all. Hair, 
again, he, I don't like a blonde man. I, there's something not right about it to me. I don't think a grown man should be that blonde. So I'll give him a three for hair and I feel generous. Yeah, they, so. they, they bleached his hair and dyed her hair brown. Yeah, his, his a natural color is brown. And hers is blonde. <laughs> it was so blonde. It, that was like literally one of my notes was like, there's no way he's this blonde. <laughs> it's just too blonde. It's too yeah. much blonde. All right, Toby, what do you got? Uh, you all might be surprised. So I've, I've been uh, down on a lot of our heroes, but uh, I really like uh, Flash here. I'm going to give him a five on beefiness. Um, Whoa. I think I'm going to get him four on charisma because um, of the willing sexual encounters he was able to attain. Uh, Is he going to say no? Castro's had a lot of no's coming their way. (laughs) Nobody said no to Flash. Like Um, I I would give him a four if he like said yes to to the Hawkman, and he's just like (laughs) (laughs) Flash. That was a deleted scene. (laughs) Well, and Gabby, if you've uh, ever watched. uh, Clash of the Titans. There, there's like a lot of uh, sexual assault happening in that one. <laughs> this one, I didn't see any of it. Besides, I mean, Beastmaster yeah, probably even more so. At least oh. for at least for Flash. True. Um, yeah. Um, so I'm gonna go and then on uh, on hair. I, this is a five. His hair is long and flowing, and uh, love the way it blows in the wind. Perfectly feathered. Really. Mm-hmm. Is that what it's called? Sure. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah. I'm trying. Fried. <laughs> Fried. Uh, so that. So Toby, all together, you've probably given the highest score of anybody this this season so far. Mm. Definitely very pro. Flash better than Dar, the sexual assaulter. Drogon, Perseus, He Man. He Man was not that He Man, but I think we just found Toby's kink, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a beautiful journey we've been on together <laughs> alright Tim how about you uh, I would also probably give him a 5 on beefiness um, let's see uh, what charisma I'd say 3 and then uh, I would say then uh, hair yeah we'll give him a 4 on the hair that's a that's a flowing bit of locks yeah um, for me, I gave him a three on beefiness. I'm sorry. Like, I saw that picture of Dolph Lundgren, and like, <laughs> I was just like, that's only three Lundgrens. He's, he is beefy, but that's not it's not Mark Singer. Like, Mark Singer came in. Leave some beef to be desired. Yeah. <laughs> um, charisma, he's kind of a doll, so I, I gave him a two as well, but I really have to uh, respect the hair and gave him a five. So, all together, it gives Flash a 3.75 which I think puts him in, in the all-time lead for Heroes. Wow. Wow. Beating Lundgren. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he beat Lundgren. Unfortunately, <laughs> at the time of he of Master of the Universe, Dolph really couldn't uh, speak English that well because he speaks, like, seven other languages or something. <laughs> right. Everything. You know, he's... He, yeah, Grace was, like... Yeah, Gabby, one thing we learned about Dolph... Uh, he comes out like a, off like a meathead in the movies, but he is like the best man in the world. <laughs> Crazy Aww. smart. Like he's got like multiple PhDs in like chemical engineering and like patents and like, yeah, he's just like insanely talented. 
Like I said, he's a great drummer. Uh, except he's for <laughs> he's engaged to a 24 year old. Let's not idolize him too much. <laughs> All right. Totally wrong, guys. 24. How smart can he be if he's hanging out with a 24 year old? That's terrible. Yeah. At 62. Yeah. yeah. You can be academically smart, but also a piece of shit. And, okay. uh, you're right. You're right. Until you've walked it's in fine. a 62 year old shoes, you can't say it's wrong. <laughs> Listen, you gotta, you gotta recognize the drip when you see it. And clearly <laughs> Dolph has drip. <laughs> uh, okay. Let's get into me. So for villains, our three uh, categories are number one, competency, number two, their organization, and their and three, their clothing slash accessories. Let's start off with Toby. Uh, so Ming the Merciless, uh, very competent. Um, I'm going to give him a five. I mean, regardless of the methodology, he clearly has everybody scared shitless and <laughs> maintaining order through his methods. Um, he does a great job on organization, a five there. I think oh, where he falls the clothes um you know even like the robe it doesn't come off very well like it would have taken a few more steps to get that robe off um <laughs> i'm gonna give him a two on clothes wow okay wow but that's still a score of four which uh is really high on the scale um previously tim gave calabas from uh clash of the titans a four uh, so that's kind of a high score so far. All right. Uh, Tim, what do you think, Ming? Well, I mean, it's what organization. I mean, that's a pretty uh, elaborate organization. So I, I mean, I'd, I'd say a four on organization. Uh, competency is pretty high as well. Uh, I would say also a four because, I mean, I mean, he gets taken out by a rocket, I guess, randomly, but. Uh, Otherwise, he's uh he's he's definitely like doing pretty good. And then those clothing is I mean I don't know I have to disagree. Those, that clothing is on point. Like there's amazing uh, wardrobe in this movie, and he's got some of it. So I'd say you give I'm gonna give him a five on wardrobe. I mean it's it's top of the line. I mean it's Max von Sydow. Come on, he's looking sweet. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and that gives uh. Really good um, scores from Tim. And now, Gabby, special guest. What you got? All right. Um, I'm going to go against the grain here. I don't think he's that competent. He doesn't seem to be, number one, in tune very well with his subjects or even his staff. Like, even when his assistant was like, oh, I have your permission to do whatever I want, like, whatever I want, no matter who it is, like, Read, read between the lines. Like, you should have asked a question after the fact. Like, what do you mean? Who are you talking about? Who do you think this is? doesn't seem very competent. He doesn't know about Earth isn't planet, even though he knows Earthling and Earthquake. Like, not that competent. He's kind of just like a blind leader just for the sake of leading. So organizationally, competency, I would say three. But organization, I would say four. Because I think he knows how to work the system and, you know, how to work his people. And clothes and accessories solid five i think he really he doesn't lean too heavily on any of the one he has clothes but he has the accessories he has a, a st staple look with the eyebrows and the eyeshadow i think he really pulls it together nicely and he and he rocks his like true style no matter what and that gives oh did i did i give a number i did uh, five yeah 
So that gives an overall score of four from Gabby. And for myself, I gave a four in competency, a four in organization. He did have a pretty good organization. He had uh, that uh, General Kala or something like that, and that guy that wanted to bone his daughter. You can't, you can't win all of your hiring decisions, you know? <laughs> I'm sure Trump I'm sure Trump has everybody wanting to bone his daughter, too. Right. So. Yeah. Um, and I, and I have leader. Yeah, and I also uh, gave him a five in clothing and accessories because that was a fabulous uh, um, outfit. And so that gives an overall score of 4.17. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, so, like, Flash Gordon. We we loved Flash, except for the fact that he was kind of like a wooden plank. Or <laughs> um, but And then Ming the Merciless, of course, won us over. And so with that, that brings us to the end of the show. Thank you so much for coming on. You want to do it one more time, Toby? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) That song is so good. Thank you for listening to the Aging Hipster Movie Show. This show was written by Bob Serrano, Toby Crimes, Tim Holly, produced and edited by Bob Serrano. The theme song was written by Kid Mental. Please check us out online. Join our Facebook group. Go to, to the AgingHipsterNetwork.com. I'm on Instagram, the Aging Hipster Network. I think I'm on Twitter at, at HipsterMeeting. I got an email address. Gmail me, uh, AgingHipsterNetwork at gmail.com. If you actually email me, I will send you something. I don't even know what it is. Uh, I'm just going to send you something. Uh, but thank you for coming on. Thank you for spending your time with us. And have a great night. Oh, 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 oh,